Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey there, She Did It Her Way podcast listeners. This is your host, Amanda Bolin, and welcome to another episode, episode 25. And today, I'm sitting down with a woman who is the owner of two Bar Method Studios in Kansas City. She's a 35-year-old mother of three and a stage four cancer survivor. Hottie Potter is a vivacious, hardworking, and truly an inspiring individual. And I'm excited today because we're actually talking about a different twist when it comes to running your own business. And the twist is, is that she actually is running a franchise, two locations. And so we get to learn all about franchising. And Hottie talks to us about how she made the decision to open up her own Bar Method Franchise Studio, and she shares with us the structure that goes behind franchising, along with costs and fees, and what it is to truly run a franchise as well. And we also talk a little bit about what exactly the Bar Method workout is, because if any of you are like me, I have yet to take a class, and um, I'm super inspired to take one after sitting down with Hadi as well, and we talk about some of her hard lessons that she's learned. So without further ado, I'm excited for you guys to hear more and learn more from Hottie and in this episode of Career and Life Changes, and it's a deep dive into franchising. So let's go ahead and get started. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Amanda from She Did It Her Way podcast, and uh, today I've got Hottie, that rhymes with body, as she says, Potter, and I'm excited to talk to her today and for you guys to hear about. We're going to be talking about franchising, but first... It, How's it going today, Hottie? Pretty well. How are things with you? I <laughs> uh, can't complain except uh, Mother Nature just needs to figure herself out, I suppose. Right. Get some summer weather up in here to show off the bar method bodies. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what it is that you do, Me? and then we'll dive into how you got there. Sure, sure. So uh, my name's Hottie Potter, and I am a 35-year-old, um, and I live in the Kansas City area, and I operate two Bar Method fitness studios, and they are franchises, which we'll talk later about today. Um, they're uh, low-weight, high-intensity exercise classes that we we give people, and we we make and form really hot bodies and great community of women, and it's just a bunch of women supporting each other and you know, as life goes on through exercise, um, just creating a, a strong, supportive community, strong women, strong bodies, strong minds. So that's what I, that's what I kind of do. And then I have three kids. I have a six year old who just finished kindergarten and four and a half year old twins. So I had three kids in a year and a half. And then I'm a stage four, uh, cancer survivor. So right now I'm in this weird Ronald McDonald hair growing out phase and I have curly hair and I look like I'm a six foot tall white girl with a fro. <gasps> Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's fantastic and amazing. And I know we were talking before too, you're saying that you're from San Francisco and now you live in Kansas city. How in the world did you make that transition or why? Well, <laughs> yeah, good question. Most people are like, I don't get it. Um, well, you know, San Francisco is my heart and soul. I, you know, part of, 
who I am was is just because I'm from there and I'm a native and I take the, the sort of how I view the world is, is from as a San Franciscan. But I, um, like I said, I'm a six foot tall lady and I generally would look to the basketball team when I was young. And I found a date who later was my boyfriend and became my husband who was from Kansas. We went to William and Mary in Virginia. And then we went, um, then I was like, you're moving to San Francisco because I am not moving to uh, Kansas ever. And so we went to law school together in San Francisco and I practiced law for six years with him. And we, like I said, we had a kid and then a year and a half later we have twins and San Francisco is super expensive. And I hated my job as a lawyer and I had fallen in love with this bar method thing that had really reshaped my body when I was in my early 20s. And there was an opportunity to build the brand out in the Midwest because there wasn't a lot. There was just the bar methods were on the coast. And I took it and I jumped in and, and now I'm here. Oh my gosh. That Now, Kansas City, the Midwest isn't that bad though. No, no, it's not. And in <laughs> no. fact, when I first met you know, when I first met my husband, I was like, do you live on a farm? Like, you know, literally my only contact with Kansas was from uh, the Wizard of Oz. So when I got here, I was like, oh, people actually do dress nice. And I mean, I think everybody has a stereotype. I know people, um, someone was like, oh, yeah, she was living the San Francisco lifestyle. And I was like, what did that mean? You know, you never know what the stereotypes about are. And it's like, oh, this she was wild. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know that. So and you're like, okay. Yeah, Kansas City is a beautiful city, beautiful city. So, and I... For let's talk about the franchising. Like, what I don't even know where to begin necessarily. Like, what were, what were your first steps to franchising, or what is it, and how does it work? So, franchising in general is basically I don't know who came up with the you know business model of franchising, but it's basically just a way to expand a business, whether you're like selling a good or doing a service. So, like, let's say you're a mom and pop owner and you want to expand your business but you're not you don't have the wherewithal to expand in hope to Hawaii if you're from Chicago or to London or to Florida like you're only one person so someone came up with like hey we can be sort of like a headquarters and give our franchisees support like operation support branding support um you know business you know business business support and kind of grow our business from that end so typically a franchise there's some sort of headquarters usually it's it's Oftentimes, it's someone that did start the first of whatever, whether it's a restaurant or in Bar Methods case, uh, the first Bar Method studio was opened in 2001 in San Francisco. Um, and so it just started with one shop and then people started to love it. And then there was there was one in L.A. and one in San Francisco and more people loved it and it grew in the Bay Area and started growing in you know, Southern California. And then it went to New Jersey and it sort of, sort of evolved as this sort of organic process. But that's that's basically what franchising is, is, is instead of having different fitness studios you kind of share knowledge and share expertise and you get support from the corporate headquarters which is what we do with bar method that's still based in san francisco mm, okay okay so with the like franchise like even if you if you take like bar method what were some of the things that you had to do as the individual when you're like okay i want to take this franchise and i want to open it up what were some of the first things that you had to do well, first of all, I mean, I, what I did personally is I knew from a very early age in uh, being a lawyer, three months, like, this sucks. I hate it. I hate it. I want to open the bar method. So I really made sure to sort of do my homework before. I uh, worked at the desk at bar. Well, first I was a client at bar method. I worked at the desk at bar method. I worked in the childcare room at bar method. Then I was approached by one of the founders. They wanted me to teach. So then I was a teacher at bar method. Oh my, my friend, my friend started to open studios. So I gave them really small, you know, like micro loans so I could understand the business side of it. 
Um, so I kind of started having expertise in that area and that's, I would, I would always, whenever I talk to, you know, potential franchisees that corporate has me talk to, I always say, you know, it's, it's a harder, it's a harder choice if you don't have any experience with what you're doing. So you might love the sandwich that you just ate for lunch, but you should probably buy like 15 sandwiches. You should probably buy a hundred sandwiches before you go open like a Subway franchise. You know, probably have experience working in a restaurant. You should probably know the ins and outs before you're like, I'm going to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars, my entire life savings in this business without knowing what's going on. So that's kind of where people should start when opening a franchise or any of their, their small business. You shouldn't just be like, I'm going to open up and figure it out out as I go. It's not, not generally approach. But once you do that, once you do that, you know, franchise companies usually have an application process. Um, bar method is pretty stringent on who we allow. It's mostly ex-professional women, um, which is unlike, you know, some franchisees or some franchise or systems where they're just, they just want to open, they don't care about the quality and they're just rubber stamping people. I don't want to expand, 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 expand. So Bar Method has a lengthy application process through the website and then you fly to San Francisco and you're interviewed and screened and is this the appropriate person? You know, for, for Bar Method, you have to be a leader, you have to be into fitness and, you know, articulate and someone that was is going to sort of carry the torch and carry the bar method brand well. Um, and then, so I would assume, you know, of course I've never tried to open a Subway franchise or <laughs> McDonald's franchise, sort of opposites, but um, then a typical franchise will charge an initial franchise fee and that usually gets you help with, this is where the support of, this is why people choose a franchise over just opening on their own because usually they'll have people that help you do site selection. They'll help you negotiate your lease. They'll sort of give you best practices about what to look for, um, buy and things like that. So you sort of have like a, a whole book or a build out a build out guide as you're choosing spaces for your business to open. Um, some franchises have trainings. Uh, you know, for, for us for Bar Method, if you're not already a teacher, we train you how to be a teacher. Um, there's business business trainings, anatomy training, things like that. And I know for other franchise systems like restaurants and stuff, they have you know a sort of a, a boot camp. So you kind of learn that learn the basics um, and. Then you go from you know all that opening pricing pricing help pricing strategies, um, and then you kind of open your business. And then most franchise uh, franchisors char- charge a monthly royalty fee, and that can be for a, a number of different things. Like um, you know we get you know music you know updated technique. Uh, we have a lot of like a huge database of, of bar method technique because it's changing all the time. Uh, um, I'm sure, like, if you open a restaurant, you get updated recipes or ways to market or new, new image, like literally new pictures, new images, new advertising um, that you use every month. So you're you're on the hook, kind of, for the initial franchisees, which is fairly large. I mean, it can be anywhere, depending on the type of franchise you run, probably from a few thousand dollars to maybe even a hundred thousand. And then the royalty fees for most franchises that I know about are are between, you know, five to to 10% a month of your gross sales. Wow. Uh, So with talking about the franchise, like how long for you and your experience was it for you to open it? Like what was the timeline from when you decided you wanted to do it to opening the first bar method up? 
Well, I decided I wanted to do it three months into being a lawyer, but I just wasn't. You know, I had law school loans, and I was only 25 and, you know, not really ready to sort of spread my wings on my own yet. Not counting, like, the first time the light bulb went off. I mean, when I signed my franchise agreement, I think I signed it in, oh, probably February, and I was open by November. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was a fast. But, again, I had – I was – you know, Barmouth at headquarters knew who I was. I, I was a longstanding employee there. And, I, you know, it, it didn't take me a long time to figure out stuff because I was already in that community versus somebody that just calls up from, you know, New Zealand. It's like, I want to open a Barmouth. And, you know, they would probably walk. But. <laughs> You're like, might be a little bit more due diligence on that end. So then, like, for you, when you did it, like, what was your opening like? I mean... It was awesome. I mean, one of the one of the challenges I think of opening a small business is I mean, there's a lot of sort of keys to success. Some of it it's the effective leadership of the person opening it. Some of it is luck, some of it is location. But what I didn't have moving here, I didn't know a single soul. I didn't have a base a, a community, right? I mean, if I would have opened in San Francisco, my best friend's mother would have came to my opening and bought a package just because it's, you know, Tiffany's friend or something. Um but I didn't have that community, so we had to we had to to establish myself as a person in Kansas City that people want. You know, everyone already had a fitness class or had a gym. Um, so our opening, but our opening was 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 fun. It was well received. I I chose my first location, a really nice high end shopping center. I'm well positioned. I'm close to you know the important things in my life, which are like Whole Foods and grocery store. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Lululemon. So. Um, and now, you know, there's a, there's a juice bar next to me. There's a Bella Bridesmaids across the street. There's a, a wonderful, cute flower shop. There's a med spa coming in. So we're, I'm, you know, I'm well positioned kind of in the right area. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things that you've done since you've opened? Well, actually, let me back up. So the first question is, is what was it for you that made you realize that there was another opportunity to expand your franchise? You mean going from one to two locations? Yeah. Um, I kind of went into it having that goal of, I want to open two of these on my own. That was sort of just my personal goal. You know, I'd love to do a vision board. It's still on my to-do list. I've never done one, but I have sort of a running goals in my head. And that was just something that I wanted to do. So, um, I opened my second one a year and a half after my first one opened and it was fast. I mean, I was, you know, I didn't have a lot of extra money. It's not like I had been around for 10 years and had been making tons of money on my first business. But there was a need because I had a lot of clients being like, open one out here. And my businesses are about 30 minutes apart, which is a good, you know, so they don't cannibalize each other. Um, I just sort of had that goal in mind. Um, plus, I really like to work. Like I work, you know, probably 60 hours a week on average. Um, so and then I got cancer. So that was a little, that was a wrench in my plan that I wasn't expecting. But um, I just had a personal goal of doing it and I felt like there was a need and I could do it. And Bar Method is an amazing product. It works. People love it and it's not going anywhere. So I wasn't too scared, you know, as I was signing the thousands and thousands of dollar checks to different people. But oh, was- like that, that's just absolutely incredible though. I mean, like, that's no small feat to like just write those checks and then to be going through everything that you had gone through. I mean, and especially going from one to two, what was the biggest change for you as like a business owner, as a franchisee owner when you expanded? Uh, I mean, it was just more work. I didn't think <laughs> everyone always says that I, I never thought it would be as much work as it is <laughs> because you're like, okay, I already, I already run one. I kind of know what I'm doing, but then you just realize that like 
you can, it's almost like children. I don't know if you have children or not. No. Like <laughs> one on one, you can handle one. And then you add two in the mix and you're like, oh, that's okay. I can kind of do it. And I have three kids and it's just a complete, you know, blank show. You can fill in. <laughs> because it's just, you're just sort of outnumbered and you forget that you literally can't be in two places at one time. So that's where the stress is. I mean, you hear a lot of small business owners being like, oh, I wish I had a clone so that I could be at one studio all day, every day, you know, but you just can't. So, you know, learning how to divide your time and being okay with the fact you're not there. You're not, because when you're, when you have a first business, it's kind of like your first kid. You're there all the time and, you know, every single client. And, you know, I hop back and forth. Like I was, I was at my first location Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was my second. Right now I'm at my first. Tomorrow I'll be at my first. Sunday I'll be, you know, I mean, it's just, you just have to be okay with going back and forth. So it's just the time, time management is the hardest. What are some things that like you had to do? You were talking like the, when you expanded from the one to the two and you wish you could like have a clone of hottie and, but how did you have to change as a leader when you expanded? Like did anything change with you in the way that you led your team or your staff? I guess that's a question for them. <laughs> <laughs> so if they're listening out here, then you guys can hold hottie accountable. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, I don't, I, I really just worked more. I worked more and I was at my second one more. Um, and then, you know, I mean, that's, and who knows why people get cancer, but I mean, I was working my buns off and I just did not feel balanced. And then I was hit with something really sick. There's some life, life lessons to learn now. Right now I have a wonderful manager who used to manage Starbucks and she's amazing and, and helps me. She's like my right hand woman. And, and so, you know, probably I should have had her earlier, uh, looking back on it, um, because it makes my life and, and and frankly it makes the business run better the business is more successful um since she's come on board and and things like that so that's kind of get it's kind of like when you have kids you know they say get as much help as you can afford early on but as a small business owner it's hard because you don't you don't i mean i i still don't take a regular draw for my business it's not like i have a guaranteed salary so to guarantee somebody else's salary is scary plus you don't want them to leave a more secure position for your business that you know is sort of up in the air What's the What's one the- thing that like keeps you up at night? Um, <laughs> filling the childcare room. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, we have a we have a we have a kid we have a kids room at Bar Method, and and having uh, that on a repeated basis will sometimes you know I, I guess just you know it will, will uh, keep us up at night sometimes. Um, what else keeps me up at night? Uh, it, it's not it's honestly for me. It's not uh, it's not business related. It's health related. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that can keep me up all night. What, in talking about, like, what are some things that you do as a franchise owner that you've noticed with your business on, like, when you get more business that comes through the door or the things that you're doing that drives more people to come in? Well, that's, you know, I think every new business wants the magic pill, right? Or the magic answer to like, how do I continue to get new clients? Honestly, and this is true across all bar methods, it doesn't really matter if you advertise in magazines, you know, some promotion and cross marketing is great, but our best, um, our best source of referrals is our own clients. If you, we have like a little thing when people sign up, how did you hear about it? It's always another client because what happens either, either, you know, you go to your friend and 
like, your arm is like amazing. What the hell have you been doing? And they're like, I've been doing bar math. And you're like, oh, I'm coming with you. Um, so sometimes a lot of people that come in notice the positive changes come in. And then also we have people that really just love it and talk it up. I mean, when I first started bar method, when I was 23, I brought my cousin when she was in town, all my law firm people, all my, I mean, all my law school people. About every for my mother. I mean, I was just one of those people that was like, you have to try this class. This is amazing. And we have so many clients like that who, you know, I, I think just are touched deep inside by the class and the community and then want to share that with others. We're, you know, eternally grateful for the clientele that, that's like that. You know, they basically, they helped me build this successful business and they built the community themselves. So, yeah. yeah. And how do you like keep... Even I know we're talking like friends and engaging, but like, how do you keep something from plateauing and becoming? Because I know, especially within fitness and totally with with the insight, but like in fitness and in a lot of other industries, things come and go. Um, There's CrossFit, there's Bar Method, there's, I can't even think, like then there's SoulCycle and all these things. So how does, how do you as a franchisee owner make sure that you're always continually to stay ahead of the curve? Like what are some of the things that you do? Yeah, well, that I mean, that's a great that's a great question. I think that everybody, you know, n- nobody wants to be sort of left in the dust. One of the great things about Bar Method in particular is that it works. So unlike a lot of other exercise systems that are like, oh, you know, you burn calories or maybe you, you know, but like if you look at people who have taken Bar Method, I mean, go Google Bar Method pictures. It's pretty amazing. Like the the tricep twists in a specific way, the arms are cut up, the butts lifted, the thighs are narrowed. So you know, yes, we want to say fresh and new. I mean, I think every business wants to have something new coming, but there is a little security there because Bar Method works like nothing I've ever. I was 180 pounds when I first started, and um, it, it works like nothing. I've ever done before. And I love fitness. I've been doing, you know, I started step, step Reebok with my mom when I was 12 in the early nineties and stuff. And, um, I love other forms of fitness too, but bar method has been, and will always be the, my base until, you know, they nail a coffin, <laughs> they, they put a <laughs> my coffin. Um, but okay. So more specifically to your question, I mean, bar method as a company is continually to come out with new things. We, we responded to the market. A lot of us clients are like, Oh, you know, we want a little bit higher of a cardio element. So we have a new class called bar move that comes in as a business owner, specifically with my space, like I'm doing sort of a space refresh, um, just so it looks a little bit different. I mean, we're a luxury brand. We never, it's kind of like a boutique, right? You, even if you dresses in a boutique one day and you buy like 10 of them, you go in the next day, they're the same dresses. You go in the next month, they're the same dresses. You go in the next three months, they're the same dresses. You're just going to stop buying dresses. So that's why there's continual, there's, uh, you know, continually new music, there's continually refreshes of my space. We have new teachers that come in periodically. We train several new teachers a year to get some fresh blood and energy. Um, and then I do, my husband always jokes with me because he's always like, you're going to have to take a vacation sometime where there's not a bar method. I'm like, well, no, I'm not because I don't want to. So what <laughs> is I um, I go around to other studios a lot. I try to visit there. I try to guest teach. I try to see the new things that they're doing. Um you know, I really try to immerse myself in all things bar method just because I think sometimes you do sort of walk the same path to work every day or you eat the same breakfast. And if you don't, if you don't try a new restaurant or, you know, try something new, then you will get stale. So I try to keep that sort of on the, on the top of my list to just, you know, talk to other people. I usually talk to studio owners at least once a week in a different city and see what they're doing, what's working for them. And what are like some things from a franchisee's perspective too that like what does Hottie have 
jurisdiction over to make decisions and then what can't you make decisions about and i'm sure it changes from franchise to franchise but in your case like what do you what can you make decisions about and not right well bar method uh, bar the technique and class hub so they burr leonard came up with this amazing class based on physical therapy that's super super intense and hard but it's completely non-impact so it's weird for the listeners that are used to like a more like jumping and plyometrics it's like how can you make this hard without having any of that in your you can (laughs) we have since 2001 um but um it's hard to I just lost my train of thought. Remind me of the question again. I had a good point. I'm sure <laughs> it was. Um, what are? Oh my gosh! Now I'm thinking. Okay, yeah. So, what are you allowed to make decisions okay. about, and then what can you okay. not? Okay. So, technique, technique-wise, bar method um, controls the technique. They have the you know physical therapy on staff to help any move that we do is safe for the joints in the body and super targeted at changing the body. So they own the technique. We kind of can decorate our own studios. We need approval, of course. You know, if somebody wanted to do like wallpaper of like dogs playing poker, they'd be like, no, that's not really far. Yeah, that's not in brand. Right, that's not in a brand. So things like that. But we have, we have control over, uh, you know, how we decorate our studio, the products that we sell. Um, and then they're open to feedback. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been with Bar Method for, gosh, it's like 12 years now, you know, starting as a client. And, you know, I call headquarters pretty regularly and talk to them and give them suggestions and things like that. But they control the technique. They control, um, you know, the branding. They make all the, the logo decisions and things like that. So you're, it's kind of like, working as a family, you know, working with, working in a, in a family, like, you know, mom and dad will control things. And then, you know, the kids have the sort of their own domain with the, with the parents' guidance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so as like a manager for you and managing people, what's been the most rewarding about it and what has been something that has been really tough? Sure. Um, well, it's tough when you get attached to employees and they just can't do it. <laughs> oh. um, it's hard to, you know, when people, you sit there and you interview someone, you love someone and they promise you the world and then, you know, and then they don't keep up to their promises. Um, you know, especially hard for me because I've worked super hard in my life. I mean, I feel like when I have to work hard at everything, I even have to get cancer. I'm like, can we please give me a break? But, um, you know, so it's hard to see when people aren't giving that level of commitment, uh, you know, when they, when they promise things and, you know, we've lost some great people that I've been attached to that no longer work here, um, because they didn't show up or all the time. And, you know, that's hard. The rewarding thing is, is the relationships that you made with people, you know, I mean, people, you know, my California friends sometimes joke that like, Oh, I'm in Kansas or whatever. But, you know, there's a re I mean, there's a reason that we, we, we've as a community have done something really great and we touch hundreds and hundreds of women every day. Um, you know, the ability of, of exercise to change people's lives is, is pretty amazing and pretty tremendous. So, I mean, on a personal level to see clients go through, you know, body changes, I've had employees that whose lives have changed, you know, they, they're feeling better. They wear a bikini for the first time in their life. And then for me, it's just the relationships that I establish with, with my people, because I mean, I have a joke with my husband. I'm like, if you don't live in my house or go to my studio, then I don't see you just because I try to be home as much as possible. And then I try to work as much as possible. So I have no friends other than bar method. So I've, of course, you know, some of my closest friends are, are from the studio. For sure. So, okay. And help, like I've never, I've heard of a uh, bar method, 
and I've seen some of the studios when I walk by, but paint a picture of what a typical class looks like. Yeah. How long? I mean, just what can someone expect sure. going into a bar method? So when you walk in, we are a luxury brand. So it's not like going into sort of a big box gym that you, you know, $50 a month. We have, you know, a desk person sitting there. We greet you. We're known for VIP service. And one of the things that people really love is we know everybody's name. You know, not obviously not the first time you come in, we'll meet you and greet you, but the desk people will really take care of you. We have a really great uh, customer service team that sits the desk. And then that VIP service is, is taken over into the actual class. So for like when a new person comes into our class, you know, we kind of explain what's coming at them. We pair them up with a more seasoned client so they can watch and learn from them so they're not as intimidated. Um, I hear a lot of times from from newer clients, oh, I'm too scared. I'm I'm intimidated. Everyone's going to know what's going on. And, you know, I love Pinterest. And I found a Pinterest quote that said, you know, the expert in anything was once the beginner of something. And people just have to remember that, you know, you always have your first day. I had my first day 13 years ago. You know, I, I had a client in my class today that who's who was a first time a first time client? Um, so we'll walk in. You know the studios are beautiful. A lot of them have childcare. A lot of them have uh, showers. So we really try to accommodate and give everybody, you know, the ability to take without excuses. Oh, I can't come because I have a kid. Well, we have childcare. Oh, I can't come because I have to go to work right after. We have we have showers. We have nice products. Um, and then we have beautiful, beautiful studios that have windows. So you don't feel, you know, a lot of workout classes are in the basement and they're dark and dirty and gross. I mean, everything is sort of pristine and, you know, just like you would expect from, from a luxury brand. If you walked into Prada, you don't think it's going to look like Marshall's, you know, I mean, it's, um, so then the class itself is 60 minutes and one hour strength training interval class. Uh, we use light weights, super light weights. So my husband came in the first time and took 10 pound weights and he was a six, seven, seven X division one basketball player. And he uses fives and sixes now, I think. <sighs> what was uh, it like for him to use those 10 pounds and to, and to realize that that was too much? Oh, it was funny. And he actually, he's a good sport. He's actually on a bar method challenge right now. He's in his fourth week of a, a month long bar method challenge. Um, because he just wanted to get stronger and more flexible and things like that. So he usually comes once a week, but he's coming four times a week. So it was humbling, I think, as like it is for any men. And, you know, men, uh, we love having men. I have about three to four regular men um, who are okay with it. I think men are intense like hardcore rock star, strong women to come in. And of course, when you hear ballet bar, it's not the most masculine sounding situation. <laughs> but the, the men that really like it, I mean, I have... We had uh, um, one of the Chiefs players uh, work out with us with his wife for a while. We've had uh, soccer players work out with his wife. I have an athlete right now who almost made it to the Olympics uh, for track who works out with us. We have um, a 61-year-old CEO of a medical company. Um, and we have another man whose who's, uh, wife goes here as well. So um, – but it's most it's it's a lot of a lot of it is women. You walk in lightweights, like I said, two to three pound weights. We do a lot of upper body work, and we're known for really really sculpted and lean upper body. And when you sculpt your upper body, you make your whole body, the rest of your body, appear more fit. So it's kind of great. Plus, no one will mess with you in a dark corner if you look like you have strong arms. <laughs> they don't mess with me. Maybe it's just because I'm tall. But um, and then we go down the floor do some recognize. You know, we do we do push ups. We do. Um, we do leg work, but our leg work isn't with heavy weights and it's not a huge range of motion. We normally work in one inch range of motion and we do a lot of isometric holds. And if you're not familiar with isometric, it's basically like if I ask you to pull your abs in and hold it without moving, 
you're just holding the muscle in a tense position for a long, long time. And our goal is we, we uh, push to muscle fatigue. Once you reach muscle fatigue, then you stretch it. So the whole class jumps basically basically in five-minute little pockets. So you do your arms and you stretch your arms. You do your thighs, you stretch your thighs. You do your, your booty, you stretch your booty. You do your abs, you stretch your abs. And what that does to the muscles specifically is once a muscle is really hot and heated, it's more receptive to stretching. So the muscle fibers will lengthen out. So it, it, as you get stronger, you're avoiding adding mass or a blockiness to your frame and your, your, your muscles are getting leaner as you get cut up, which is why, you know, it's kind of like a dancer like figure, which is why so many people fall results. So is that then why that's really fascinating? Cause I, for, from the, the reason behind it. So then is you're saying you do something for five minutes and then you stretch it because the muscle's hot. So then you can actually make it leaner. So that's probably done purposefully instead of right. going through everything and then stretching. Right. And then, you know, if you go to a typical class, whether it's a strength training class or a cardio class, I mean, you might stretch for, I know when I go to like a spin class, you stretch for maybe three minutes, mm-hmm. you know, at the end. And that, that's just not enough. That's not going to make you flexible. And, you know, a lot of people forego flexibility, you know, forego flexibility when you're thinking about fitness. People just want to, you know, have really good, be in cardio shape and have, have really good strength. But flexibility is a very important kind of spoke on the fitness wheel. Uh, it prevents injuries for one. And then again, for muscle shaping, muscle shaping, it's critical. Well, you well, definitely, definitely inspired me to actually take time to want to stretch after I work out. Because usually you get done working out and you're like, I got to go. I got to hurry up. Like, right. uh, stretching, I'll do it later. Not a big deal. Right. Where now, I mean, you've definitely pointed out a lot of benefits as to why you should do it. I mean, everyone knows that, oh, you should do it. It's, it's good for you. But you just listed off a ton of things that are make – I don't know, it makes me want to make sure I stretch now. Yeah, you got to go check out. There's a bunch of bar methods in Chicago where you are. There are tons. I know. I walk by one and I always look in and I'm like, hmm, I don't know. And it, but it's because you know what? I don't know enough about it, which is why this is perfect to have you come and share with us like exactly how it's so beneficial to the body, but then and everything that comes with it. Yeah. And it's good, you know, it's it, one of the other things that's so great about it is that we really can appeal to a wide market of people needing help. A lot of people come to us after, you know, like a CrossFit or a more high intensity, um, you know, a more, not high intensity because we're high intensity for sure, but uh, what was I trying to, a more high impact, um, you know, workout regimen. And we, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to run a, you know, to do that you can still work but work intelligently for your time um so we, we we cater to people who are athletes we cater to people with injuries i mean i i literally did an advanced level class um and then started contracting you know started contractions that night with my son when i was pregnant with my twins i took class that morning and then had a oh c-section i mean it's really doable for a broad spectrum of people we have high school students in here and i think my oldest client at one time was 79 she no longer comes but they're in their early 70s um you know former dancers and and they look great they look amazing they look much more youthful than the, than their you know their driver's license shows their age and it's 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 awesome. It's it's amazing. It's what we do for people's bodies and for their minds is is life changing. I mean, changed my life. I'm living in Kansas basically for it, and that, that's a huge life change. I never saw coming. Yes. Well, welcome to the Midwest. <laughs> but that's super inspiring. And I know you said you also got diagnosed with cancer through everything from your entire journey. So as you look back, 
what sort of what piece of advice would you give our listeners given your life experience and everything that you've gone through with the franchise but then also your health as well oh man this is hard and i still struggle with it carve and it's nothing anyone has never told anyone before but carve out time for yourself and i know how it was like when i was a tortured associate in a big time law firm and it just didn't matter and you're working all the time and you don't feel like you have time and then as a mom you just i remember when i first had my kid i was like when do people shower who have children because i haven't figured that out yet i mean i literally need to pause i i ever since i was diagnosed uh, with cancer last year i meditate on a regular basis i mean just take downtime because if you're stressed that stress response can come out, you know, in different ways. You're not a good boss. You're not a good mother. You're not a good wife. If you don't take the time for you, even though I know how hard it is, I know particularly for moms, it seems like the guilt of, oh, but if I take two hours for myself, then I'm not with your kids. But that was, I feel like my life gets crazy. I'm like, nope, I have to start turning down things because I'm like, no, I need to literally carve that, like, do nothing time, like not typing emails, watching Real Housewives to clients. That does not count. Like literally nothing. <laughs> Shoot, it doesn't. <laughs> no work. Yeah, no work. No mommy time. Just nothing except for you to do whatever you want. Take a bathroom for me. I meditate. That's, yeah, that's such good advice too for meditating. How did you, what type of meditation do you do? Um, I'm not. I'm sort of co-dipped in meditation. I know there's different types of meditation. My type is anything that's on YouTube. <laughs> so I literally, I literally will take my computer or my phone, find a, di- a dark, quiet place, um, or I have some meditation CDs as well. And I'll do, I mean, there's a loving kindness meditation that I do a lot, which is putting forth love to the world self and then one for stress relief worry and sometimes for my cancer stuff sometimes I'll do healing to try to like you know stimulate your body to, to heal itself and and things like that but literally I mean it's as easy as that they have guided meditations you just sit there and, and listen to it mm-hmm. it's been really helpful that's good that's advice good. especially for the YouTube and so just to kind of wrap us up here too what is something and I always ask everyone what is a book that you've read and it doesn't have to be a business book or anything like that but just some literature that has inspired you and has changed the way that you think well in terms of like changing the way I think I don't know if it changed it but it basically reaffirmed what I think what I what I think uh, there's a book I read it a while ago now maybe about a year ago lean in by by uh, Cheryl Sandberg I I'm sure you've heard of it a lot of people have and she basically talks about you know women in business and and um and the empowerment of women. And it's just so cool to, to, I felt like she was like talking to me about, I went to an all girl school from the kindergarten through eighth grade and it was private. It was all girls. It was all about girl power. And, you know, don't let ever let a man tell you, you can't do anything and you can, you know, take over the world. And when you graduate, when you're like, I will be of the United States. <laughs> reading this book, reading this book was like, I'm sure I might be required reading now for the girls who are in eighth grade, but you know, they just, she just talks about, um, you know, in women, sometimes ambition is perceived as a negative quality, but not in men. And everyone always asks women, like, how do you balance everything? But nobody asks men that question. And, um, you know, just, just promotes like women taking opportunities, even if they don't feel qualified to meet them, just sort of like take that opportunity and, you know, take life by the horns or whatever the expression is and, and just do it. So that's the most inspiring book I think that I've, I've read just woman empowerment and you can do this and keep, keep going, take the opportunities that you have and, and show your, you know, for me, I, I hope that I'm 
giving a good example for my daughter. And, and so I literally followed my dreams. I spent my entire savings that my husband and I had. I left a six figure job in San Francisco as a lawyer. And my dad was a lawyer and my grandpa went to law school. And, you know, and then I moved to Kansas where I didn't know anybody. <laughs> and then, Girl, oh, you've taken some big leaps. Right. So anyway, so that was, an, of course, I read that after I'd opened my business, but um, it was the best. Very required weeding for any woman, I think, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, I mean, just everything that you've listed off and things that you've done, it's extremely inspiring to just hear that and hear you talk about it and just be so positive and enthusiastic about it. So if people want to connect with you, how do they find you and what's the best way to get in contact with you? Oh, well, I'm Hottie, H-O-D-D-Y, at barmethod.com. You can email me directly there. We also, the studio has a, um, uh, the studio has, Bar Method Kansas City has a Facebook page too. You can reach me that way, but you're welcome to email me directly. Awesome. Thank you, Hottie, so much for your time and super inspired. And I, I just, I'm excited for everyone to hear this. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Fun to talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.